Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. Let's look into God's Word today. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. Uh, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that you help us to minister the Word Thank you for physical strength, Father. Thank you that you uh, give everyone ears to hear. We acknowledge that we cannot do this. It's a supernatural thing. So, Father, thank you for empowering uh, with your supernatural power as we minister the word in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So this uh, series of words, or it's not really a series, it's just a couple weeks of glad you asked. And these are just questions that people have. So here's a question today that we're going to look into. I was told being born again makes me a new creation in Christ, but being transformed is something altogether different. Is that true? And that's, you know, that's a great question, and I trust by next week I'll come up with an answer for that. Uh, I'm kind of cheeky today, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> uh, but let, let's talk about that. Let's first of all talk about when you're born again, what happens? What happens? So here's, here's like six different things, and I, just to name some, what happens as soon as we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord. So here they are. We become a new creature in Christ. We pass from darkness into light. We pass from spiritual death into spiritual life. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We have the Holy Spirit, and we are the righteousness of God in Christ. So that's just naming some things that they're immediate, they're not dependent upon our works. They're freely given by God, and they are you know, free for all of us. So that happens as soon as we're saved. So with that in mind, to answer the question, let's look at this scripture in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so you notice that's underlined there, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So as we said, once we are saved, we have wonderful impartations and wonderful, wonderful gifts. We just named those six. Uh, and it's nothing that we do. God gives them. Now, that's all free and God does it. But now what we just read is something that we do okay it says you renew your mind you offer up your body you do this so god did all those other things and now we are to do what god says and that is to renew our mind so by renewing our mind we're transformed so we can see uh, that the question is really answered with that scripture but we're going to talk about it more today so uh let's first of all though look at uh, the other side of it so the other side of it is what happens if we don't renew our mind? And so in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, we see what the Bible says about what happens if we don't renew our mind. And that simply says, do not be conformed to this world. So isn't that amazing? All of those powerful things that happen after we're saved, uh, but, all, you know, but if we don't renew our mind, that's what can happen. Without mind renewal, we can actually become, with all of those wonderful things, we can come, uh, become conformed to the world. So uh, 
how can that happen? What does it look like? Well, it basically happens the second you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, that very second, all of those things happen, but then something else happens. You know, the enemy, the devil, there's a battle for our minds. There's always a battle going on for our mind. And you know, uh, the devil wants to influence us. Our flesh tries to influence our mind uh, contrary to the things of God. So there's a battle for the mind going on. So being conformed to this world means we're losing the battle, okay? And so, you know, to break it down even more, it happens by feeding on the wrong things. Another way we can say it is we feed the flesh instead of the spirit, and as a result, our minds aren't transformed. That's a different way to say it. Feeding the flesh, feeding more, more, more there, and less uh, our spirit, and then our mind loses that battle, and that's, that's another way to say it. So the result of that is then we think, because, you know, as a man thinketh, so is he. That's a scripture. So as a man thinks, so is he. So thinking uh, how we think is going to affect a lot of different areas as a man thinks. So what happens is when we get conformed to this world, we think, we act, and we talk like the world. And that would be, you know, being conformed to the world. So uh, this little phrase came to me when I was preparing, and it's this. Uh, we, it's like being fashioned by the world instead of transformed by mind renewal. And so that can happen with Christians. You can be, uh, you can be fashioned by the world. It's possible. And so we don't want to be fashioned by the world. We want to be transformed by mind renewal. So what are some of the things that can compete for our minds? Well, one thing that's always going is our flesh. And if I'd be honest with you, and, and if you would be honest too, because you guys all are sitting there and you look so holy right now. But if I'm being honest, my flesh would like to lay around all day, every day, on the couch and watch one TV thing after another. That's what my flesh would like to do. And while I'm doing it, man, I like popcorn. Let's, let's like eat some good food and some junk food and, and like, you know, let's party. That's what my flesh would like to do. You know, that's what all of our flesh, I think, would like to do that. So that's, you know, that's one thing that can hinder us is the flesh. And in, involved in that, and here's a big one, like what, what comes on the television set. Uh, so, you know, those sitcoms and those weekly things and like reality stuff, you know? I, and, you know, so here's, here's what I've told our daughters as they were growing up. I said, there's a way to live in Christ. And you watch that stuff on TV, they're telling you how, you're, you're seeing how the world lives. You know, so Roseanne is back, you know, and, and you know, and, you know, and honestly, like, Hopefully this doesn't offend you, but I could care less about the Kardashians and how they live life. I, I won't even use one second of my time to watch a Kardashian. I don't even know where they came from. Where did they ever come from? Anyway, so now Rosanna's back. Rosanna's back, you know? And so I'm not gonna, I don't want my wife to talk to me like Roseanne talks to her husband, and I'm not going to talk to my wife like he talks to her. So maybe you get a few laughs. So you can watch something like that, but we're, we're, that's not how we talk to our wife or our husband. That's not how we talk to our kids. It's a, you know, we're, we're different. 
And so being, you know, so if that's what you feed on all the time, and then, you know, you might start acting that way. You know, you, you'll, you'll, whatever you feed yourself the most is how you're going to act. Uh, so that's, that's some of the things that can hinder us from uh, renewing the mind. You can even have close friends and family, and they're not saved, and they, they live like the world. But who really cares how, the, who really wants to live like that? I mean, we have all kinds of things in the Bible. We have, like, like, like as an example, a soft answer turns away wrath. You watch some of those shows, and th there's no soft answer there. If somebody yells, the other person yells louder. You know, you always want to argue and prove your point, and you always want to win. Well, the Bible says a soft answer, you know, you want to solve a problem, a soft answer can turn away wrath, and you have an opportunity to discuss it, the problem. But yelling louder and louder and going back and forth doesn't, you know, doesn't bring any results. So, who, you know, so that's some of the things that we're, we're talking about. Um, Here's like Jesus, uh, look at what he did. Uh, he was, had a renewed, you know, it'd be safe to say he had a renewed mind. So look at Luke chapter 4 and look at verse 3 and 4. It says, And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Or I, I read that wrong, by, by bread alone, but every word of God. Oh, so, so Jesus, you know, was challenged right there. It's like, if you're the son of God. In other words, you know, the devil probably knew he was, but the devil was trying to motivate him to do something supernatural uh, with the wrong motivation. And Jesus was too, he was too good for that. He, he knew what should motivate him. And see, that's the way it can be if you're conformed to this world. It'll be about competition, politics, you know, get to where you want to do by politicking and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. But God can promote people without doing any of that stuff. You don't have to yell. You don't have to politic. You don't have to do any of that stuff. God can promote the other way. Uh, so, so there's two different kingdoms and there's two different ways and we don't need to be conformed to this world. Okay, so with that said, let's just talk about uh, today... Let's talk about the process of transformation, okay? We'll just talk about three simple things today, the process of transformation. So let's go back to Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2 and look at this. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So notice in that scripture, it says, present your body. And then notice verse number two, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there's two different things there underlined. And so what those three things that were underlined, here's what they really amount to, saying in, in simple words, number one, present your body, our bodies, Number two, starve ourselves of the world. And number three, feast on God's word. So we're going to talk about those three things today simply. Uh, the first one, let's look at it, like present our bodies. And so reading Romans chapter 6 and verse number 13, and these are, like before we read that, let me say that the, the epistles, they were written to the church, and sometimes we forget these scriptures uh, and... and uh, they're not always the most exciting scriptures, but the epistles were written to the church, and the epistles feed us, and they feed our faith, and they help us. So this is what Paul is saying to the church in Romans chapter 6 and verse 13. He says, 
do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. And so not a, not a scripture that you see a lot sometimes, but a very important scripture. Uh, what do we do with our body? And uh, who, do, how do we, who do we offer it to? And uh, then here's another scripture that's really closely, it's just three verses down. Uh, it's like, do, don't you know that when you offer yourselves as someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which, which leads to righteousness. So who, what we do with this body, the Bible says, offer it up. And whoever we offer it and yield it to, we can become a slave. And so uh, you can actually do simple things like, you can even say things and talk like, my hands are for the kingdom of God. And just look at your hands and say, my hands are holy, my, my body's holy, my body's a temple of the Holy Spirit, my body's for God's use. Very simple. But even just to start there uh, is, is a good starting place. And then look at this other verse, uh, verse number 19. It says, I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves. And it's important to understand that our flesh, when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord, our flesh isn't born again. Our, our, and so uh, our flesh is always there. It's not going to go away. Our flesh is always want, going to want to do something contrary to God's Word. And we have to realize because we still have our flesh, you know, uh, without God, you know, you're, the Bible says you're weak in your natural self. So then it goes on to say, just as you use to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer them in slavery to righteousness leading to holiness. So you see, that's what uh, God is telling us about that. And so we love God's grace, and we teach and preach on grace here. But let's remember that grace, the Bible says, that sin will not have dominion over you because you're not under the law, but you're under grace. Grace is empowerment to overcome uh, living lasciviously. So grace isn't like a, a license to live lascivious, but grace is power to overcome and live what, like what that's telling us. It says, how does it say it there? Offer your body, uh, and it says righteousness leading to holiness. Okay, so... It's all possible. So let me say this, if you're here today and, and maybe you've made mistakes and you keep making the same mistake or anything like that, the first thing you have to understand is God is good. He, he's cleansed you. All you have to do is go to him. Like the Bible says that you're cleansed of all your sins. You go to God and you receive that and you keep coming back to God. Don't get discouraged, okay? But, but just know this. You're not going to be perfect and you will miss it, but you should have a heart that you want to do. You should have a goal, like set your heart on a goal and say, I want to live holy. I want to be more like you, Jesus. Every day I want to be more like you. You, you At least have that goal. Set, a, set your sights on something like that. 
So like based on that, let's, let's say this together. These are some simple confessions based on, we're going to say it together on what, those three scriptures we just read. Let's say this, I realize I am weak in my natural self. Or, oh, okay, let's say them all together. We'll try that again. One, two, three. I realize I am weak in my natural self. Therefore, I choose to offer my body to God. I declare my body is an instrument of God. I offer my body to God. I've been brought back from the dead. My body is an instrument of righteousness. I choose to be a slave of God and not sin. So I offer my body to God. And that's basically, you can take those scriptures and you can, you can make a confession like that and you can, you can say that and you can do that. Uh, so here's another scripture. Look at what this says. It says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself uh, from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So isn't that interesting? Because, you know, if you look at it, if you think about... Uh, the fact that God has cleansed us, and that's from our sins, past, present, and future. Okay, he's, he's done that for us. Now, those future sins that, if there's present sins or future sins, why, why does that say that, that cleanse yourself if God already cleansed you? Why, is, that, is that a contradiction? Because if he's already cleansed us, why is that telling us to cleanse ourselves? What does that mean? It simply means this. We're cleansed of our sins, but if we behave and act differently, if our conduct doesn't line up with the fact that we're cleansed, what he's basically saying is stop it and quit doing that. That's what he means when he says cleanse yourself. We, you know, from God's perspective, he cleansed us, but now he's saying act like it. Stop it. That's what he's saying right there. And we're empowered to do that. We, then look at the next verse, what it says. It says... So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. So as a result of the fact, it says, you know, flee. It's kind of like Joseph, you know, he uh, was in Pharaoh's house and he fled. He made sure he ran. Uh, so it says flee. Sometimes you just got to run away from things, okay? That's a simple thing, but it's, it's a step, okay? Now, you know, uh, I think about my brother John, and uh, when we were younger, just we were saved, I don't know how long we were saved, but my brother Joe and Mike and myself, we started to follow God, and my brother John's watching it, and he's not following God. And so he, he would talk to me, and uh, it took a lot of time. I used to be able to be around the family uh, years ago when I was younger in the Lord. So he would do this, he would say, and he would go up a few registers, you know, like a few octaves, you know, sometimes like we talk higher sometimes, you know? So, and he, he, my name's Tony, of course, but he would call me Tone, T-O-N-E, Tone. So he'd go like, go, Tone, man. <laughs> he goes, man, you, I can't be like you guys, man. You're spiritual and I'm so carnal and I'm worthless and I'm a failure and, you know, and he would do that. And I'd say, John, stop it. So you're the righteousness of God, just like I am. Stop it. I don't feel like I'm righteous. I can't live right. I keep making mistakes. John, stop it. And I, you know, and it took, he's, you know, married today. He's 54 years old, married with two kids, and he goes to church 
thank the Lord, but you know, he has some rough times, okay? Uh, so he, we'd go back and forth, and, and so finally I said, John, you have to decide, you're going by feelings, what you feel, you have to decide to go by what the Bible says you are, and you won't feel like that. You won't feel, so it doesn't matter how you feel, it matters what you believe the Bible says about you, and take that first step. I'm going to believe what God says about me and the Bible says about me. That's the start. Because if you ever think your feelings are going to tell you you're righteous, they won't. Your feelings aren't going to inform you about your righteousness. Your feelings aren't going to inform you about anything except that, you know, the, your feelings are always going to tell you that you're falling short, you, you don't measure up to the mark, that you're, and your feelings can even tell you that you're unclean. Feelings are very unreliable. Your feelings will tell you you're a failure. They're very unreliable. But God will tell you you're a winner, okay? God will tell you you can do all things through Christ. Your feelings will tell you you can't do it. We don't, we don't go by the feelings. We go by what God says. Let's look at the next one. Uh, starve ourselves of the world. So I just made fun of my brother John, but let me make fun of myself now. When I was 16 and 17 years old, so you guys imagine me when I'm 16 and 17 years old if you can. I wasn't a Christian, and my mother was a very fearful lady. She was very uh, fearful, and uh, she didn't let us do things because she didn't want us to get hurt and kill ourselves. So we've, we, we weren't allowed to do things a lot of other ones. She kept a very tight grip on us. So here's me when I'm 16 and 17, because, uh, you know, we're talking about starving ourselves of the world. So I would say, I would go, you know, like, man, there's nothing to do around this house. I'm so bored being at home. My friends are out all the time. They're always having fun. There's a party tonight. Can I go? You know, those parties were wild parties and crazy. I want to go. No. I'm not allowed to do anything. That was, that was me when I was 16 and 17. I was craving the world. So one time, I, I, you know, I got punished for being a troublemaker in the march. I was in the marching band, you know, the marching band in high school. And at football games, you know, when you look on the field, they need to have a balanced look. So, like, they needed another tuba player. So I was a drummer, but because I was always causing trouble, the band director decided to punish me and tell me I just had to carry a tuba. So I had to march with a tuba. I never played it, but it was just for looks, you know. That was my punishment for causing trouble. So one... After a football game, uh, one, one Friday night, I, there was a party, and I just went to the party, and I, I didn't ask my mother. I just called her from the party and said, hey, Mom, I'm at the party. And she goes, get home, brat. And I said, no, and I hung the phone up. And so um, it was like an animal getting out of its cage. And so somebody had to pick me up and put me in a car and drive me home that night. But by the time I got home, I could walk, and I walked in the house. As soon as I walked through the door, my mother had her hand way back here, and she came across with a real good one, you know, like slapped me in the face. And then we ran, I ran down the stairs, and then she started chasing me around the basement. So that's me when I was young. Uh, but 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15 is a good description of me. Uh, it says, do not love the world 
or the things that are in the world, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of, of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. So there were three things there that it really lined out. Uh, and here's what they are. It's the, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's, that's the three things that are out there. So your flesh is always going to want the wrong thing, and your flesh will want more of it. Your eyes are always going to look or want to look at the wrong thing, and they're going to never... And, and your eyes, the Bible even says that eyes, they, there's a possibility they won't be satisfied. And so there's even a, a scripture in the Old Testament about our mouth, and, and, and it says that I made a contract, or I'm sorry, that, that, that is about the eyes. I made a contract uh, with, about my eyes that I'm not going to look at the wrong thing. And you just have to decide with your eyes that I'm not going to look at the wrong thing. A lot of things come through the eyes, you know, protect the eyes, watch what you look at. Uh, so those are the things that are out there. And so practically speaking, we could say this. I don't have it on the screen, but I'll just say these are some practical things you can do. You could say, I do not love the world or the things in the world. Just declare it. Your flesh might not agree with it, but just say, I, I do not love the world or the things in the world. I have God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. I'm not craving the world, but I crave the things of God. Even if your flesh is craving something different, at least declare the other thing. I'm not craving the world, but I'm craving the things of God. Just make a declaration. So Philippians 3 and verse 12 says, not that I did already obtain or have been already perfected, but I pursue if also I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. And here's a different way to put that into different words, like, uh, you, it's kind of like this, what he's saying there. Something big has got a hold of me, and now I'm living to try to grasp or get a hold of what already has a hold on me. In other words, Paul was craving God and the things of God, and he was living to know Jesus more and more and better and better. So instead of, how do you, what's the best way to uh, starve yourself of the world and not crave it crave god crave him crave the lord crave the word and that's paul saying something really big has got a hold of me and i'm just like working on trying to get a hold of what's gotten a hold of me that's basically what he's saying Amen. and then the third thing is feast on god's word so second peter 1 and verse 2 it says through these he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And so very interesting that God decided to make the way in, the way that we participate, the way into divine things the divine nature god decided to make that way through his word so he like gave these exceeding great and precious promises and through those promises we're able to partake 
of things divine. So it's interesting what he did not do. And so I like to say it this way, we have his word and we have his Holy Spirit. But if you, you know, sometimes there's a lot of other spirits out there. And so how do you know when it's God and how do you know when it's the wrong spirit? When you get to know the word, you're able to discern what God, what's God and what isn't God. So it's interesting that he made the word so important. Through those great and exceeding promises, we can partake of what's divine. You put the word first place, and you'll actually be better with the spiritual things because you'll know, well, that's, that's not God, and then you'll know, well, that's God because you put the word first. It's through the word that we discern what's right and what's wrong. So uh, this, this little phrase came into my heart. It's just basically the scripture. God's way for us to participate in his divine nature is through his promises. So what are we talking about today? You present your body, right? You starve yourself of the world. And what do you do after that? What's the last one? You feast on God's word. And that's, that's the way for mind renewal. So, so with that, here's just a, a little bit of a, a summary that what we're talking about. As soon as you accept Jesus Christ as Lord, we're made the righteousness of God in Christ, and we have the Holy Spirit, okay? We're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We've been given all things freely. But then here's what we're talking about today. The way to partake of everything we've been given is by renewing our minds, okay? That's how we partake of all the wonderful things that we've been given. Does that make sense? I'm going to have the worship team come. Praise the Lord. You, and uh, it's, it's, um, it's so important that you know how much God loves you today. God is love. And God loves us so much. It's so important that we know that God, that we're, we're laborers together with God and we labor together with him and he loves us so much. So all these things that we looked at today, it's important to know that God's walking with us and he will help us to go, you know, to get out of some stuff. You know, if there's some stuff you need to get out of, there's some things here that helps you get out of those things. So, Father, I thank you for anyone with us today, Lord. Uh, I just pray, Father God, that your love is so real and they know that you will never leave them or forsake them. And, Father, I thank you for speaking to your, your family, your believers, Lord, believers here, not, not that you let them know that you want to do life with them that you want to walk with them. Father, help them know about the empowering grace that helps us to walk like Christ. Just thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, in the event there's someone with us today that is not in our family, they, they don't know Jesus as Lord, I thank you for speaking to them. 
Father, thank you for letting them know that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to lose. Father, I thank you that you let them know and make it clear in their hearts that you must be born again, that a new birth is necessary to enter the kingdom of heaven. Father, thank you for letting them know the simplicity of their part, how easy it is to be saved. You told us, Heavenly Father, that if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and we confess that with our mouth, that we'll be saved. I thank you, Lord, that if anyone's with us today, that you make those things clear to them and they know how easy it is to be in the kingdom. With your eyes closed, we're going to pray a prayer. And this is for anyone with us today. If Jesus isn't your Lord, you have this wonderful opportunity to pray this prayer and come into the family, the kingdom of God. So uh, with eyes closed, I'm going to lead you in this prayer. And the main thing that you want to do is you want to pray this from your heart. And you want to mean every single word of it. So let, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that you left heaven, you came to earth, and you died for me. You went to hell for me. You shed your blood for me. You were raised for me. Jesus, I believe God raised you from the dead. Jesus, I believe you are the Savior. I accept you as my Savior. You're welcome in my heart. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rainer.org.au.